Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hey everybody, this is Paul Carruthers. I'm the communications manager for Moto America, and this is our weekly podcast off track with Carruthers and Vice. As I mentioned, I'm Carruthers. I've also got Vice with me here. Sean, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, fresh off Minnesota and uh, not bad to go a little north in the Midwest here from where I am. So um, I, I flew to this one, which it was only about two hours in the air, but you know, with the time change, it was different. But I know. I just feel like going to Minnesota for you. I mean, it's still pretty much Midwest, so it's a little less than going to obviously New Jersey for you guys. But it's still a long trip, no matter what, isn't it for you? Yeah, it was. It was a hike. I mean, the thing that adds to that day of travel, or we made it two days because we actually left Sunday and drove up to the airport. But the airport's got to be two and a half hours away from the track. Oh yeah, but that's the problem. Yeah, that's that's the real issue. I'm I'm glad we did what we did because we had a six a.m. flight. Um, and if we didn't do it that way, we would have had to, you know, I don't, we'd start driving at three in the morning or something, you know, so it, um, it worked out. Okay. I, I, I was pretty happy with, um, with Brainerd as you know, I, I'd been there, you know, way back 30 years ago or 25 years ago, whatever it was. And, um, I'd been there quite a few times for both world Superbike and AMA Superbike, And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it's, it's definitely got an, an, an old school feel to it. It's, uh, you know, I, I, we did, we did some laps out in the infield in, in golf carts and there's people just randomly having fires and all kinds of, uh, of odd stuff going on there, but everybody seemed to enjoy it. And it was a pretty good crowd. Yeah. And the weather was great too. I mean, it, it, a little bit, um, well, we had the, the overcast and the smell of, uh, the wood, uh, but for the most part, the weather was terrific. I mean, the humidity was pretty low after that first day of setup and, you know, it was comfortable the rest of the time there. And uh, that was nice. I mean, it's one of those things where I was thinking to myself, kind of glad I'm not here in the winter, but, you know, this seems to be the ideal time to be there, you know, and obviously that, that area is known for vacationing anyway. So I can, I can see why, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff there. So um, it's good. Um, and it's going to be cool to talk to the guests we got on today because, um, you know, him dr driving up there and, uh, you know, not going, haven't been at that area before. Well, he did, he did, has raced a club race there. Actually he raced a club race there a couple of years ago. So it'll be interesting to talk to this guest, but, um, I won't give it away until you start the introduction there, Paul. Well, we can go ahead and say it. It's uh, our guest today is Chris Parrish and he's fifth in the twins cup points. Uh, he has three podiums. He's only 16 points away from third, which obviously from fifth to third makes a big difference in, in how you view your year. And he's also, uh, you know, I think he's had his, his most excellent summer vacation thrown into California and, and Washington and, uh, and then Minnesota with a bit of work thrown in to uh, race motorcycles and, and do the, the, the work that it does take for a privateer like Chris to actually make it to the races, work on his bikes, get everything ready, et cetera. Uh, Chris is also special to us because, um, as most of you would know, he's our, he was our first ever Twins Cup champion in 2018, um, which was the first year of the Twins Cup class. So it's good to have Chris on. And, and Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right. What's up with you guys? You sound a little sluggish. Did you just wake up? It's what, noon there, 11? 
<laughs> was it a quarter after 10? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just out here in the garage, uh, just working. Uh, just, I don't know, trying to get my day started. I'm eating Lifesaver gummies for breakfast this morning. I'm out of uh, granola bars. <laughs> well, that's a perfect substitute. I mean, you know, gummies, that's, that's, that, I think those gummies cover most of the four food groups. So you got a balanced breakfast going there, Chris. That's, that's very good. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. You guys should try it. <laughs> so we thought maybe you were mowing the lawn this morning or something, but no, you're out in your, you're out in your shop. Now that is that the shop where you do all your painting and everything as well? Yeah, it's the same shop. Um, no, uh, today I'm actually building uh, two, uh, endurance tanks because after the uh, Pittsburgh round next weekend we have the Pittsburgh endurance with into the, uh, the the weekend after so I don't have time to go cut grass um, so it's wow. just kind of like knee high right now <laughs> yeah well just get a hay baler in there and you'll be okay so you're are you so you staying up there after the, our race weekend in order to do the endurance the following race weekend yeah, that's our plan. I guess we're going to make another little mini vacation and go to the beach somewhere and hang out because, you know, to come home from Pittsburgh to go back, it's 20 hours round trip and however wow. much. In fuel. So there's no there's no sense of coming back home. Yeah. What beach but, is uh, there? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Beth will find one somewhere. <laughs> She'll find something for us to do. That's what she likes to do. Well, that's good. You got to have that because it does make a difference in your in the way your your summer goes. At least if you can mix in some fun and see some things you haven't seen before. And it was interesting to watch your uh, your Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media stuff and and see your trip out to California and things like that. It was kind of you know somebody like me who just flies into the races and 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 I, I don't get to see all that stuff. So it's kind of cool to see it through someone else's eyes. Well, so that's kind of the agreement that me and beth have um she uh she goes racing with me and at the same time uh on our adventures where we're going she looks on the phone and finds things for us to do or she has like downtime at work she'll figure out a route for us and you know go and visit places and it's just you know why not we're traveling so far at all different parts of this country and there's so many things to see so you might as well take advantage of it and you know, take, you know, add a little extra time to your trip to go visit places and it's fun, you know, and that's what we do. We do all the social media so, you know, people can follow us and maybe get ideas for their adventures and stuff. Yeah. In case they don't get to go and see the world's biggest ball of string or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where we were at, we, we saw like the, the world's largest frying pan somewhere. I can't remember. Oh. that was there. I remember the, the world's the largest pistachio. That was good. But yeah, the frying oh, yeah. pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where was that at? I can't remember that. But I, we passed the, the, the largest truck stop in Iowa, uh, you know, this past trip going up to Minnesota. In the, like on Interstate 80 or something. I don't know. Oh. Okay. What, what's I'm the always deal driving. A lot of trucks there, Chris? What's the deal? Well, I, I don't know. We, we just drove past it going oh. down the interstate and uh we just saw there was you know how it is like when you're up in you probably don't even know but up in like the, the dakotas and stuff they have billboards like every mile for like 50 miles you know going up to this one you know grocery store or gas station or you know some and that's how we even found the pistachio <laughs> just reading the billboards as we go and it, it's like well we're here we might as well pull over and check it out 
So <laughs> that's where the pistachio came out of. <laughs> so, so you had raced previously at, at Brainerd, so you knew, knew knew the track a little bit. But going back up there, I mean, what uh, that's that track? They do a lot of pretty active club racing there, so. Um, the track gets used a lot. And obviously when we were there, there was a drag race as, as well. So um, what, you know, that configuration is quite interesting, isn't it, Chris? Tell us about that from a Twins Cup racers point of view. Uh, well, yeah, I guess the whole Joker thing, the carousel with the Joker on the end of it was, you know, pretty surprising to a lot of people. That's just kind of a random turn or situation or whatever. Uh, but the rest of the track was fun. It, it you know, it seemed normal. Uh, but trying to uh, get through that Joker, it's pretty tough. And then you know, the series of turns that are after it, you have to string it all together. But definitely a different track. Now, what's what's different about Brainerd is in Minnesota, up in that area, I call it the frozen tundra. You know, like last year and the year before, I went and visited Andy to build bodywork, um, and that was back in January. And in January, it's like negative 20 degrees in Minnesota. So uh, one year, I, I kind of drove in at the right time, and I got snowed in. It froze. And like one random Sunday, the sun came out, and I had to leave really quick. Um, so, but up there, you know, it they have like a six-month window where it thaws out, and then like they, they already have uh, races planned. And that's why there's so many things going on at Brainerd, because – not only the, the road racing, but the drag racing. And I guess they had snowmobiles in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of random. So but that's that's what Brainer does. They 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 schedule all these events because they have a short window of where it's thawed out before it freezes again. And when it thaws out, those guys go crazy, man. I mean, they're racing about every weekend. They can do anything that they can do, and they have to do it in a short amount of time. So other than that, I mean, Brainerd up there is really a fun town. Yeah, there's interesting. You know, when we talk to you up there, and this is the first track I've ever visited where the start finish was in a different place than the pit area. So I know it really impacted you guys with Beth being your your crew. I mean, it's, it was almost like she had to be in two places at once to be over in the pit area, but also to be on the grid with you. So um, talk about that. That was tricky. And how would you guys handle that whole thing? Uh, we had a little bit of help um, on Saturday. Brandon Cole helped us out. Um, but, yeah, she had to get a ride up to the start line, which is way up there. And then after, you know, most teams have multiple people, but it's just me and Beth. So, yeah, she would catch a ride back and, you know, stop at our trailer and pick up the cart that has the, you know, the tire warmers and the stands and the generator just in case there was a red flag and then she had to hustle over to uh, pit lane. Wow. Um, so, but you know, that's, that's me and Beth has always come up with a plan and we, we've always made it work, but it took a little bit of help because she doesn't know how to ride the scooter. She's, you know, intimidated of two wheels actually. That's <laughs> kind of random, but you know, so she has to do a lot of walking. So she gets a workout in and she enjoys it for whatever reason. I don't know. Chris, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you're you're fifth in the in the Twins Cup Championship right now, and you're only 16 points from third. How do you grade this season for yourself? Is it? Do you count this as a good year? Or do you count this as a bad year? 
Oh crap! I don't know. I mean, I would say it's a it's a it's a good year, I guess. You know, it, honestly, I didn't have a plan to do the whole season. Um, I had talked with uh, Chris Ulrich, you know, at the end of last season, and I was like, "Hey, man, I want to buy an engine from him because I just want a fast bike, and I want to go do a couple of Moto America rounds." And he's like, "All right, well, cool." Uh, but some things kind of fell through, and I ended up getting the engine like the Monday before Road Atlanta. And, you know, took it down there and practice and everything didn't go too well. Took a little while to get the bike adjusted. Uh, I mean, the engine was fast. That was about the only thing that was keeping me up. And then the first race didn't go so well. And the second race, I just got lucky that the, uh, the kids up front crashed and ended up third. So that helped me out in points. And me and Beth was like, well, crap, let's just go to Virginia and see how well you do. And I ended up getting third in the first race. In the second race, I had a bad start and I got run off the track. So, and I was still doing well in points and it just kind of snowballed from there. And then, um, you know, in Washington, the first race I crashed and it kind of hurt the points, even though I was running second points, I think, um, before Washington. And then, uh, I don't know, it's just like we're having fun and we're in the, in the series, well, might as well keep traveling around with the circus and, you know, and keep the show going. Right. You know, Chris, we've talked about this before, but the evolution of Twins Cup from the beginning to now has been so dramatic. I mean, in the beginning, it was, you know, you joined, you were club racing, you raced in SV650 a lot. And over the time, of course, we've had an influx of younger riders. We've had, you know, the Aprilia come in. Now we've got the R7 coming in. Um, and, you know, they're, the, the manufacturers are, are paying attention to that class and it's kind of become that bike has kind of become what the super sport had been in terms of middleweight. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen at, at some point, but you know, the R seven debuted um, at Brainerd with uh, Hayden Schultz and Jackson Blackman. And, you know, they did okay. They didn't, they didn't set the world on fire. The Aprilia's have doing, I've been doing well, but here you are with this SV 650 that, you probably is one of the most developed that, that's out there. And you talk about the, the power in the engine or something, but it, you know, admittedly you've got a pretty old bike and it's, you know, it seems like maybe Suzuki might be the next one to do something. Although I don't have any information on that. I don't know if you do, but um, it's an interesting class and the bike itself seems like it's the future a little bit. Um, can you talk about like what you've seen transpire from the time that you won the championship till now. And the, the fact that you're still a contender in the class. Um, I guess the, the main thing, it's not so much as the bikes, it's just the, the people that are getting involved in the class. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, it kind of started with, with Ulrich and team hammer, and, you know, he, he stepped up the game with Dumas and then Rocco. And then now that the, the Aprilia is in the class, you have the, the Italians coming in. And then you have all those guys working with Robum Engineering over there. I mean, there's a there's a ton of knowledge, you know, with these teams now. Um, but me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of still kind of hovering where I was in 2018. It's just kind of me, you know, working on the bike and, and trying to get this thing adjusted. You know, there was a couple of guys that, that helped me out. And, you know, I really miss Travis and, and Keith being there with me. Um, but I'm probably about the only one that hasn't progressed, you know, having guys with me and, you know, with the knowledge and stuff. But 
but the main thing is is the guys that's come on board with the teams and the riders and the, and the knowledge that's in the class now not so much as the motorcycle the motorcycles can always be adjusted and you know built to go faster no matter what they are chris does how do your lap times compare do you do you get faster every year when you go back to the same places uh, I like to think so, and I think that I do. Right. Honestly, I haven't paid attention, but but I do. I do go faster. You know, every year I go to these tracks. You know, and that's just the knowledge that I gain with with my motorcycle and learn how to adjust the bike and get around the racetrack. Um, but it kind of shows at the end of the weekend that that I'm I still have the speed and and the ability to you know to keep up with the front runners, but. Like at Brainerd, I mean, I made a wrong spring choice and the bike put me on the ground once and it tried about four other times. So during the races, I just kind of back off and just, you know, finish with it, with it on two wheels. You know, Chris, we, we talked to you a, a while back about you had gone through that period where you tried out the, the Yamaha working with Andy Palmer and um, he kept, you know, he could build fast machines. There's no doubt about it, about it. But, you know, in order to do that, you're kind of on the at the edge of uh, longevity or, or engine life. And it really taxes that engine or the, those engines with your program that you've got with Suzuki and the fact that you've been running that SV for so long. How is how is the engine life with your engines and your bikes? Do you you don't seem to have, you haven't had any really any DNFs. It seems like you've got it pretty dialed in in terms of what you need to do to keep yourself, you know, what parts to freshen up and everything. Tell us about, about that and what, how you keep the SV going. Well, I guess, you know, in the engine standpoint, you know, this year, um, the engine I'm on is, and is a package that uh, Chris and Tim uh, team hammer has put together just in case like in the, in, in the future, if, if somebody approaches them and like, Hey, I want an SV engine, you know, this is the package that they're going to put together and it's reasonably priced. And it's, and obviously I haven't had any problems this year. So it's, it's, it's deemed itself that it's going to hold together and it's still going to be fast. Although on any kind of track days or practice days, you know, the two days we had with you guys and, uh, I think I've been to two track days on my bike. I have swapped the engine out to put my practice engine in, which is, it's not a, you know, you know, high built, high compression engine, um, but it's a competitive, actually it's the same engine that Teague rode um, at Virginia. That's the one I put in for, for practice. But, uh, but, you know, even like talking with Chris Ulrich and just making sure that this engine is okay. He, he compliments me. He's like, man, it's kind of crazy how you know how to, you know, take care of these engines and you swap the engine out. And he's like, I really appreciate it that you don't have any problems. And I, I'll just have to go back and say that, you know, hell, I've been riding these things, what, for 18 years now, 17 wow. years. Wow. So I don't know. I just know how to take care of it. And I know how to ride it to keep it there, not over rev it and keep it off the rev limiter and all that other stuff. You know, I can't remember which round or race it was, and you didn't really say too much about it, but I know from talking to Teague a little bit, you mentioned about an engine. Wasn't there a situation where he needed an engine and you you gave him one, right? Wasn't wasn't that true for a race or something? Yeah, that, that was uh, Virginia. Virginia. Yes. I don't know if it was first practice or qualifying. They uh, had an, a noise come about or something in their engine. 
Chris Ulrich come to me. He's like, I need to borrow your engine. I was like, all right, it's in the trailer. Take it with you. Wow. So, but that engine, you know, it had been refreshed last year. Um, but like I said, it's not, it's, it's still a two mil, but it's not a, you know, a, a big engine. The cams are nothing. It's just kind of a backup. And it's one I ran in uh, 2019 uh, for like the first half of the year. So, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's one that he, he borrowed from and he used. And he did well. You can tell it was down on power. But Chica is just, a, you know, he's a beast going around the track and he did well with it. Yeah, we've heard a lot about him and what he's done um, in his racecraft. And that's what I wanted to ask you. you. You seem to be on the track a lot of times in a pretty good position to see what these, I guess we'll call them kids in front of you that are doing things. Do you see them doing anything regarding, um, you know, any different racecraft or style that's any different than what you do? And you have you picked up anything from them and, and adopted it to your program or do you just kind of let them do I, that's what they do. I, I have my own thing and I'm comfortable with what I do. I mean, how, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're just fearless kids, man. They're having fun and you know, they're aggressive and I'm the, you know, the 40 year old guy that's out there. I'm a little conservative. I'll say a little timid sometimes. And if uh, you know, they're making a pass on me, whatever, I usually let them go, you know, and just, kind of just get out of the way a little bit. I mean, there's there's a lot of times I get aggressive if I have the motorcycle and the power to do it, if I'm in a good position. But but um, but no, Ryan McTeague, that dude's a beast, man. He'll muscle you, and he will get his way around you, and it doesn't matter what he does. But, you know, he's a good, clean rider at the same time. Those kids are just having fun, and they figured out how to go fast on these B-twins. It, it really is fun riding with them. I'll say that. That's cool. All right, I got a question for you because you do always seem like you're enjoying yourself. Um, and we already talked about the little, you know, tying a vacation into it and making road trips more fun and seeing some things, et cetera, et cetera. But what what really is it that makes you keep doing it? Is it is it actually riding the motorcycle? Is it life in the paddock? Is it life on the road? Is it the, just the competition of it all? What What's the thing that makes you just keep coming back and wanting to do it more? <laughs> Well, crap, dude. I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's the hardest question you've asked. So I didn't mean to go all deep on you. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's the whole package. Um, I really love riding the, the, the SV, the V-Twins. I mean, it's the perfect amount of speed for me, and it's the perfect amount of aggression riding a motorcycle. And then, um, I'll yeah. <laughs> You know, there's nothing wrong with the Moto America, but I just like calling it the, the circus because it's the it's different spots and it's the same people and, you know, same everything. So it typically is kind of, you know, we're the clowns riding these bikes. <laughs> but, you know, going and see everybody every weekend, it's it's fun seeing everybody. You know, it's we joke about all of our friends are at the racetrack and it's kind of true because when we come home, we don't really hang out with anybody. Um. But no, I mean, it, it, everything is just fun. It, it, I really do like racing motorcycles and I'm kind of scared. And, you know, even with uh, Rossi retiring, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm just wondering which year. Every year I say I'm going to quit, but I don't really know which year I will quit. I'll keep going for as long as I can. As long as I'm competitive to uh, run with the children, I'll stay doing it. What would you do? I picture like even if you're if, if you're not racing, is is there anything you could do to stay in the paddock? I mean, your business doesn't really 
require you to be there. But would you try to work something out so you had a job that kept you there? Or would that not be a situation that you could pull off? I don't know. Maybe if, if a team asked me to come and work, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think I am going to take uh, next year off. Unless somebody asked me to come ride a bike, I'm going to take a year off because I, I, I really want to get this bodywork business going. Um, I'd like to try to be a competitor to all the big box um, um, bodywork stores. I guess you can say that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I need to take a year off because I, I you know, I've got the SV650. I want to get the R7 bodywork going. I want to get Aprilia bodywork going because all these guys right now are already asking me to build bodywork, even the uh, the Ninja 400. Um, but going and racing um, with Moto America it takes up so much time. And you can see all the traveling that we do. And when I'm coming home, I'm only home for like a handful of days. I'm trying to cram as much work as I can in to get, you know, caught up things done. Um, it's, it's just, it's kind of becoming a pain in the butt and I'm, you know, being slow and work and people are getting upset with me and I just can't bring in that much work anymore. So, um, but no, it, it, if I can get body work, I think I'd like to, you know, maybe get a store or something in the, in the paddock and, you know, maybe help teams. I, I don't know. I just need to, I need to stay home for a year and get things figured out and get like an inventory, if that makes sense. Right. You know, Chris, it's funny. You, you're an innovator with that body work, though. I mean, heck, that f- front fender that you've got on your bike that's all shrouded around the, the forks and everything. I mean, that that uh, is a real interesting development. You you created that. Did you create that design? How, how did that come about? Well, I mean, it's just it's, you know, I guess it all started in Moto2. And then, you know, Andy made one and that was the only one basically in this country was on the FZ07, the one that Andy made. So I I don't know. I just sit down and made one for the second, third gen SV and I like it. Mm -hmm. I think it looks cool, but not a lot of people like it and not a lot of people want to pay the money that I charge to build them. Um, I don't know. I just think that it looks cool and I'll build it for all the bikes that I build just, just to have it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of a trademark for you. It certainly is for your bike, that's for sure. You know, and, and the thing is, your business is bodywork and painting. I mean, we, we get that. But the thing is, you're so uh, versatile with what you do on your own team. I mean, you're an engine builder and a, you, you understand suspension and chassis and all that. So to the idea about, you know, if you were, well, let's say if it wasn't riding for another team, but another team wanted to hire you, there's a lot of skills that you could bring to a team and, and provide for them. So um, it'd be interesting from my perspective to see how things would be for you to be on a, a team like that, where, you know, it's, it's a larger operation than you. And I know that maybe not be something you want to do at this point, but you certainly have the talent and the skill to bring to the table and the understanding of the paddock. Um, if, if that came to pass, what, what aspect would you have on a team? Would you be, would you be the kind of all around guy? Would you be the engine guy? Would you be the, the suspension guy? What would you be? Well, I'll just go ahead and correct you. I'm not an engine guy. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't know anything about engines. I just know how to install them and take them out. How about that? I think but you no, know how to blow I, I them up too, don't you? You know how to blow them up pretty good, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that's a, 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 I think in the, in the almost 20 years of racing, I think I've blown up two engines. Oh, okay. Wow. I stand corrected. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, but no, I, I, I leave all the engine building to, to, you know, Mike Copulus or, or, um, Tim, Chris, um, all those guys that's built engines in the past for me. And I, I got an understanding about suspension, but I've never taken the time to take a fork apart and figure it out. So I kind of leave that to, you know, the K-Tech guys and, and fast bike industry guys, but I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, with the, with me and Beth traveling around, um, I'm, I'm a guy that, that knows how to be prepared for the yep. worst down the road. So maybe that's, you know, one good strength I can bring to a team. Um, you know, just, just knowing how to be prepared and, and, and not come up shorthanded while you're at the racetrack and, you know, just being on time and, and, you know, being ahead of the game. That's, that's, that's one of the better parts of me. Well, and also the fact that you you have such a long a long career in endurance racing. We've seen this with you before, where you've you know you know how to stay in a race regardless of what may happen to to the bike. You know you know how to kind of ride around things or whatever. So, um, and you pointed out that you're going to be racing endurance the weekend after we're at Pittsburgh next, not this coming, but next weekend. And um, it's it's good that you're continuing to do that. It keeps your it gives you seat time and keeps your riding skills sharp, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, endurance is always recommended for any kind of racing that you, even if you're preparing for anything, go endurance racing, sit on a motorcycle for an hour and 20 minutes mm -hmm. in a, in a, in an hour, even in the first 30 minutes, you're going to, you're going to learn more about yourself than anything. And then you got to sit there for another four, 30, 40 minutes. You know, you're going to learn if you're going to be able to, 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 I don't know, figure it out. If the bike is riding really bad, you got to figure out how to ride it the way it's riding bad. Or if like something has come loose, you got to be able to hang on to it, keep it from falling off. Or, I mean, there's foot pegs, there's shifter levers, there's, there's been handlebars or brakes or whatever that's always come loose. And you're, you're having to adjust it in that entire stint because you can't make a pit stop in your stint and it's going to put you behind if all that makes sense, you know, then during endurance racing, even if you're working in the pits or if you're riding a bike, you learn a lot about yourself and, and, and a lot about racing. Well, I, I'll never forget that time you had a couple of years ago when you had crashed and I think your shift lever or your foot peg, something that was gone and you had to hand shift the thing by reaching down and you, you kept it going and stayed in that race. So, you know, that's the point I'm making. Um, hey, so we've got three rounds. We've got, we've got Pittsburgh, New Jersey and Barber coming up and they're all in quote our neck of the woods, as I'd like to say closer to you and where you are in Herbertage, Tennessee. Um, and they're tracks that you are familiar with and have ridden a lot, especially Barber. Um, where you're at in the standings at this point, I mean, it's, it's conceivable that you could end up in the top three. Um, what do you think your chances are? And are you going to, you say you, you know, you kind of let the guys like Teague who might be aggressive on the track go by or whatever, but you know, if you're in the thick of things, do you want to, do you want to try to get yourself in that top three or top five? Would you be happy with where, where do you want to end up at the end of the season? Well, I, yeah, I mean, the goal was to end up in the top three um, and make it to the banquet. That'd be really fun. <laughs> yeah. um yes there's four races left um i love pittsburgh and barber is my home track um right next to road atlanta um jersey having two rounds or two races there i don't really know that track that well it's so far away i've only been there a handful of times 
but I mean, the ultimate plan is to, to, to go try to qualify good and, and, you know, throw down some good laps in the race and, and, you know, end up on the podium. But yeah, it would be really cool to get the top three for the, uh, the season. It'd be, it'd really be surprising, you know, on, on our end because we didn't have a plan to do this whole season. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the thing I'm thinking with you is is the fact that you know here you are you were kind of not sure and you're 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 pretty much in this in the thick of things and you know your results have been good so you know we want to wish you good luck as we get get towards the end of the season and we'll be checking in with you like we always do but uh, we're gonna wrap it up here Chris um, I just want to say to everybody out there we've got these three rounds coming up and we always need corner workers uh, so I want to definitely make that appeal for people to get in touch with David Hall at d-h-a-w-l-e-y at motoamerica.com to to be a corner marshal at pittsburgh jersey motorsports park barber all of the above or any of them um corner workers are important and chris can vouch for that too it's it's a vital part of our uh, our series and uh it's best seat in the house as we say you get out there and you, you know you can't get any closer to the bikes on the track and um, it's, it's a fun thing to do if you're into racing. Um, Chris, thanks so much for being on. Um, we always check in with you during the weekend at some point when we're at races, but we're looking forward to seeing you weekend after next at Pittsburgh and, uh, great, great to have you and, you know, get, just hire somebody to mow that lawn for you. Don't bother. <laughs> no, I'll get out there and do it. I might have a flashlight on front of me. The lawnmower <laughs> or something, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get everything done. I always do. I always make it on time. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much yeah thanks chris it was nice chatting with you as always and sean i've got a good idea for a story for you i think you should be a corner worker for a day and do a story i should do that that would be good i want to see you like pick up the bike and like run in the sand trap and fall and stuff like that <laughs> i want to grab the fire extinguisher too you know i gotta have, i gotta have it all so that'd be pretty fun so i want to know which I want to know which turn this is so I can just ride over there and give you a high five and go back on the track. Yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would, if I was racing, I'd crash on purpose in that corner just to make them work. <laughs> yeah, just blow the turn and, you know, go so far where you just lay it down and like, Sean, get over here. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to get you back in the race, Chris. So, that's <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> All right, boys. You have a good All day. Right. All right. See you guys. All right. All right.